If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Highway to Health Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Quinby, provides guidance, quality resources, and inspiration for anyone seeking wellness in mind, body, and spirit. There's an episode that you should check out called The Value of Our Emotions, where Jeremy helps listeners understand the role emotions serve and what we can learn about our present state by staying attuned to them. Check out Highway to Health Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hey there, leading ladies. Welcome to the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Herbert, a two-time best-selling author, speaker, family physician, and executive leadership coach with over 20 years experience of providing primary care and serving as a healthcare leader. If you are a woman physician ready to make a change in your career and have a seat at the leadership table, then you are in the right place. I'm excited to provide you with the crucial skills you need to be a successful leader and strategies to deal with workplace challenges. So put on your headphones and listen as we explore the new world of building women physician leaders. Hello, leading ladies. Welcome back to another episode of the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lisa Herbert, a board-certified family physician, best-selling author, speaker, and executive leadership coach. And I have another exciting, inspiring guest today to share with you as we continue our series, Turning Pain into Purpose. So today's guest is Dr. Ariana Scholes Douglas. She is a board certified obstetrician and gynecologist, and she is also board certified in maternal fetal medicine. And she has been practicing medicine for over three decades. She is the author of the best selling book, The Menopause Myth What Your Mother, Doctor, and Friends Haven't Shared About Life After 35. Dr. Ariana is the founder and medical director of Tula Wellness and Aesthetics, a unique medical practice in Tucson, Arizona focusing on women's integrative health and wellness. She incorporates evidence-based alternative medical therapies to promote healing. Her practice of medicine recognizes that the mind, body, and spirit all greatly affect health. She takes a holistic approach to patient care, combining her extensive knowledge of women's health within the field of integrative and functional medicine. As a visionary and innovator in the women's health community, Dr. Ariana has received multiple awards, including Outstanding Women's Health Provider by Inside Tucson Business, Women of Influence, Business Woman of the Year Award, the Women's Foundation of Southern Arizona's Women of Impact Award, and the Enterprising Woman of the Year Award. So help me in welcoming Dr. Ariana Shows Douglas to the Woman Physicians Lead Podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Lisa. It's nice to be here. Appreciate you. Absolutely. So I'm really excited to uh, get into this discussion and learn more about you and what you do and um, share your story with our audience. So um, through this podcast, what I realized is that I love talking and also talking to and sharing stories of women physicians who chart, you know, new paths, you know, in the medical field. Maybe they have stumbled upon their passion or their niche, and now they are doing that in their practice, and they're leading differently. 
So thinking about your career and your leadership journey, who or what may have been instrumental in that decision for you? Um, What was instrumental, I didn't realize it at the time, but what was instrumental was that I was actually going through or beginnings, the beginnings of my menopause transition. And, you know, I was having just lots of second thoughts about just being in medicine in general. I was starting not to love what I was doing, even though I'd signed up to do this thing. I just assumed I'd be doing it forever, which is, you know, uh, managing high-risk pregnancies. And I just started getting bored, frustrated, irritable, um, and not realizing that, you know, it was really just um, bubbling inside of me that it was time to make this change. But at the same time, I was going through a change, a, a transformation. And um, it wasn't it wasn't graceful, it wasn't pretty. But once I figured out what was happening for me mentally, spiritually, and even physically, I was able to then truly make the pivot and be like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Because now I could look back and see like, oh, that was all part of the process, which is what I love about helping women understand this menopause transition is because it's, you are really transitioning, you're changing, and you don't even realize it until you're like in it. And then you're like, oh, okay. So that goes towards relationships. It goes towards work, towards, you know, your just everything in your life just changes and got to be prepared. So that was it for me. It made me leave corporate medicine, start my own practice. Although again, I had no idea what I was doing, why I was doing it. It was very organic to say. And that's why it wasn't always pretty. Cause it was like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. And then I, again, it just ultimately it all came together, but that was just grace of God. No fault of mine. <laughs> yeah, that's great. And I, I love how you use the term transitioning because as you mentioned, we are always transitioning, right? And in every aspect of our lives. And for some of us, we go through the transition with our blinders on, right? With our eyes closed. And some of us go through that transition and with our eyes open, just sort of accepting and allowing, like in your case, the universe to sort of just guide you, right? To sort of let the, the process unfold. Yeah, but that's hard to do when, you know, you got a mortgage and car payments <laughs> yes. and, you know, tuitions and, you know, you're, you still have to live. And so it's, it, in an ideal world, yeah, you have that space, but that's what makes it hard and stressful, I think, is because you have to keep into, keep in account that, yeah, I still got to pay these bills over here. I still have to show up. You know, I can't, you know, you most of us aren't, to have that opportunity that we can just be like, okay, I'm just going to take a year off and, you know, just get my head together and figure out what I'm doing. Um, it just doesn't, it, it would be nice, but yeah. that's not how most people have it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So as you were kind of going through that period of transition, like you mentioned for you, it was that period of your life when you were going through menopause. And I guess that sort of coincided, right, with this career transition decision as well. Um, what was that period like for you? Like, was it 
was it a difficult challenge? Was it painful? What what was really kind of going on yes. at that time? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. It this wasn't, it was no good part that I remember of it, to be honest. Um, it was hard. And it wasn't um like I was, I knew what was happening. What the way it started was I was working doing the high-risk OB. I had gone from being the director of a, you know, a, a high-risk clinic, started the clinic, directed it for like seven years. And then once I had two kids, I was like, you know, this is a lot. Let me, you know, slow it down. So then I left that position to go into another hospital where I was an associate director. Where, so I was like, you know, second person in the division. And that was fine with me. I had done my little director. I was good. I was just trying to be mommy, but, you know, still have a job and do all the things. And I started working with this uh, man. I'll call him a a man. I was going to call him a gentleman, but I I wouldn't say he was a gentleman in the sense that that was actually the first time that I worked um, directly with men per se, um, because for the seven years I had, I like managed myself. I was Mm -hmm. the person and I was, it was a solo practice. There weren't really any other docs. I worked as a consultant to other docs, but I didn't work with other docs. Like Mm -hmm. we didn't have to be on the same page as, you know, a plan going forward for a patient. So that's how, that's how a lot of groups work. So now I'm more in this group setting. I make a plan for a patient. Long story short, he just pretty much nixes my plan, overrides my orders. And then he went on to do some other um, I would say just shady things went behind and recounseled a patient after I had counseled mm. around something. And it was like, you know, there is an art of medicine. And I, I understand that we didn't necessarily agree, but in the first case, the, the woman ended up because of what he did, she ended up almost losing her life and mm. she definitely lost a pregnancy and had an unnecessary uh, surgical procedure uh, for a baby that lived 24 hours. Um, and the plan had been, unfortunately, I had told her like this pregnancy isn't viable. It's going to, it's going to potentially take you out as well as a baby. And then she went on to get bilateral pulmon- pulmonary emboli, almost died. And I'm left picking up the pieces mm. of a plan that if I had gone with my plan, this would not be happening. And it wasn't, it was just the, I just could see the arrogance and mm. this idea that somehow he thought his ideas or what he was doing was better. And, you know, it just, it wasn't like really a conversation. It was really like, no, that's not what we're doing. And I was just like, you know what, I've been doing this too long. I know what I'm doing. And I feel very confident about my decisions and I I'm intuitive, but I also know obviously medicine. So anyway, I left that position abruptly. I just quit. So I was like, Mm. I'm not doing this. And I had to give him, uh, what, 90 days notice. So I had 90 days to figure out what I was going to do. And I was like, well, I guess I'll get another job. I'm not going to worry about it. But I really started thinking about it. And that job would have meant I need to do some things staying in state I didn't want to do. So I ended up leaving Maryland, moving to what I call a strange country here in Tucson, Arizona. And that started a whole nother process, which um, I won't bore your listeners with, but basically the same thing happened when I got to Tucson. And I was just like, I'm, I'm done. Like, I just don't, I don't understand what the problem is. So, um, but part of that is just as you are entering into this 
phase, you're like more confident. You absolutely practicing. I'm like, like maybe 10 years before I'd be like, oh, okay. Maybe he knew better than me. And now I'm like, no, no, no. Um, I know what I'm doing and I don't, I really just couldn't. So I just, I didn't have those problems. Interestingly with the female uh, providers, I, you know, we could, we could do it in a way where it's like, you know, I don't really understand what were you thinking there? Like, let's talk about it. But um, anyway, I'm not, not necessarily man bashing, but I, I definitely felt like there was this double standard Mm -hmm. and this um, chauvinism and I had never, I had never really noticed it. And I was like, I don't know if this is because I'm black, because I'm a woman. Like, I don't really know where any of this is coming from, but I just know I, I have practiced at that point, I've been practicing medicine 20 years and I'm like, I'm not, oh I'm yeah, definitely. not here for that. So yeah. yeah, definitely. And you know, it's a shame because unfortunately those types of instances are still happening today, you know, to, to women, um, to women, to black women, to, you know, brown women. And um, it's one of the things, you know, that is affecting the ability for women to stay in practice and to stay in medicine, right? So we leave early or we change careers or we, we reduce our hours to part-time, you know, yeah. because of these challenges, like you mentioned, you know, that we have to face. And it's oftentimes... Um, what I would call traumatic events, you know, sort of like kind of what you went through with your, your patient. Um, mm-hmm. When people think, I think of trauma, they think of a thing that's happened to them directly. And sometimes trauma is just what you've experienced, right? A painful yes. event that you've experienced. No and um, so having, having gone through that, you know, really kind of put you in that space of wanting to do something different, sounds like. So yeah, it did. And it was all good. I mean, obviously when you're going through that, you're not happy. Like there's, you're just, you're mad and you're irritated. And I just hated going into work and, you know, I'd hear people say, I love what I do. And I just, honestly, I just, it's like, I want to love what I do. Yeah. I love it. And I didn't know even what that looked like, but I knew it wasn't where I was. That's all I knew. It was like, it's not that. And at the same time, it's like, but I've, gone on I've gotten this advanced training like in my mind I just thought I was going to do high risk OB my whole life like I never Mm -hmm. even envisioned myself doing anything else so it just took time to be like well what else could you do like and it's like I know I had the credentials to do a whole bunch of things and that was almost a bad thing because it was like well you could do this you could do that you could I could you know so I had to figure out like if I had to and that's what I asked myself when you wake up every morning what is it that's going to bring you joy and what do you want to do? And it's always been, you know, changing women's lives and helping them. And I was doing that in a way before, but I had just lost that joy, but I knew I, that's what I wanted to do. And then I ended up doing an integrative medicine fellowship, honestly, just because I was like, well, seems like some information I probably want to know, even though I don't know what I'm going to do with it. Um, and it was really a, that was an interesting way I decided to do it because like I said, it was actually a very expensive program. And I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to do with this information, but I just, it was a complete faith walk. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, a year after I did that fellowship, that's when I had the courage. And I think that's what I needed was just another credential to say, I could do this other thing, even though I could have just gone on and done it, but mm-hmm. I just 
didn't know what it really was. And then it was like, it, it looks like it might be like this. So let's learn something about that. And because again, you know, in medicine, it's like, are you board certified? What, like how, who are you to be doing this thing? So I had to learn at least something that made me feel like I had done enough to, you know, be okay to go be now into integrative medicine, which actually worked out really well because it was a great, it was a weird leap to go from high-risk OB to integrative and functional medicine. The two sure. don't have anything to do with each other. So I had to do that for me and it, it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And, you know, I attended a conference this past week and sort of a similar thing had come up in discussion about women versus men um, applying for positions or taking a leap or, you know, going into and applying for like a leadership role or doing something of that nature. And, and men will often, uh, what, what the summary was, was that men will often apply for a position with 50% of the credentials, but women has, we have to have 110% of the credentials before we'll go after a lot of times what we want or seek that, that thing. Right. Yeah. It's true. And because, and I think as a woman of color on top of that, because you just know that, you know, if you got to have all your armor on, if somebody's coming at you, you have to not only know, most important, you've got to know for yourself. And I think that credentialing is not a bad thing in any light. It's just, Mm -hmm. you know, like, let me make sure that I know what I think I know. And, and then let me just be my best. And so being my best, being my best meant that I had to do that course. Like I could have gone into this and just made it up, but I know that that course those two years of the work and seeing that world, uh, a different world of medicine actually is what molded me. It helped me see like, okay, this makes sense. I can, I can do this. Um, and so, yeah, but you're right. I, I am guilty as charged. I, <laughs> I, yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. I know, I know. It, it actually... And all of that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That. It is, it is. I think it I think it's positive in some aspects though. I really do. Um, because like you mentioned, um we 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 want to make sure for ourselves that we are confident and courageous enough to step into that thing with with whatever it is that we need to step into that that thing. So yeah. So so now that you, you know, had decided to sort of shift gears and 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 start to really look into this different way of practicing medicine that really brings you joy. How does that, um, what does that look like for you today? Like, what does your practice look like? What role do you play? You know, what type of patients do you see? Who do you serve? Hey, leading ladies, this is Dr. Lisa. I love bringing you great content and dropping pearls to help you lead with confidence. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Hello, leading ladies, it's Dr. Lisa. Ready to claim your seat at the leadership table? Well, let's partner together. I believe that when a physician learns the crucial skills they need to step up and lead, positive change happens in their own life and community. So ready to talk? As a physician and certified executive leadership coach, I provide training and support for physicians who want to feel confident in their ability to lead and be the respected voice in healthcare. 
So if you book your free 30-minute consultation today, we are going to analyze where you are in your career and identify the specific support you need to lead successfully. And if we're a good fit, I will provide you with the solution that is best for you. So I look forward to learning more about your leadership journey and how I can support your growth. Go to www.justtherightbalance.com forward slash physician consult. That's www.justtherightbalance.com forward slash physician consult. Hey there, leading ladies. It's Dr. Lisa. Thanks for hanging in with me. Now back to our amazing interview. Yeah, my um, my role there is, I mean, the owner, the founder, the medical director, the CEO, the president, um, whatever. You <laughs> right. just give me all of those titles. Um, but I also am the receptionist. I take out the trash. So obviously, you know, when you have your own business, you are everything. Um, and I um, primarily focus on women, but I do see men as well. But I my focus of my practice is on the hormone, um, just hormone balance and, and, and intimate wellness, as we would call it, and dealing with women as they go through the menopause transition, um, helping them um, get their hormones back on in, in balance and, 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 and really help the quality of their lives. I deal with a lot of executive women as well, but my audience is just women in general, because whether you're at home you know, raising children or working um, at, in a business, your own or otherwise, you are working as a mom um, in particular. And that, I mean, and, and going through this transition is just, again, I could watch my own messy transition. And if I can help other people recognize what's happening before and help them as they really start that phase, as as opposed to you know, they're halfway in now, they've divorced their husbands, they've left their jobs, you know, and maybe some of those things actually needed to happen. I mean, I think that's also the mm-hmm. the silver lining that doesn't always look so silver. But at the end of the day, we we really start to look around as to what's serving us, what's not serving us, like what has to stay, what needs to go. And women start, I call it that that veil of estrogen is that starts to go away. We start to really hear ourselves, hear our own voices, listen to our instincts as opposed to suppressing what we just know we don't want to do or just deal with stuff that we just know is not right. At some point, you just can't take it anymore. Mm -hmm. So a lot of women are, they get confused during this period. And it is, it's not an easy period, but if you really do the work, you can come out on the other side. You're just, you're going to come out better and so the majority of my practice is helping women just do that work of getting through this transition, which coincides with 40 to 50, which coincides with midlife transitions, which coincides with your kids leaving home and all the things that happen to us around this age and helping them do that medically, helping them feel better about themselves. We have an aesthetic, uh, you know, component to what we do. So it's, it's really beauty grace, courage from the inside out, and not only helping you, you know, understand what's happening in your body, but also how to embrace those changes you're seeing uh, physically on the outside and how to enhance 
them so that you can walk with more confidence. Um, if that's what you feel like you need to do to have that confidence, otherwise do you. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. You know, I think that it's um, important for women to have a place to go, um, when they're starting to go through that period of their life, because it is, uh, very overwhelming. (laughs) It's scary, right? Things are happening to your mind and your body that you just, you you don't know what's, what's happening and, and, and having someone, you know, um, who can help you kind of walk through that with, um, with, with grace and with courage is, is really important. So, yeah. yeah. And I love doing that. Like I, I'm in my flow when I'm talking to patients and realizing that I have really walked the walk. I have been through that fire. Like I know all of it. I'm like, girl, yes, I know. Right. That. And <laughs> right. I'm like, let me help you. Let me help you. Um, and that just brings me joy when I see like a woman just in her eyes, she just gets it when I'll be like, this is the, this, that's how you're supposed to feel right now. Mm-hmm. And really, if you're willing to do the work, you know, and just, it might get messy. Um, and I had this conversation last week with a, a patient, she came in, she was frustrated with herself because I had given her, you know, all these assignments, so to speak, like to do her um, mammogram and this and that. And she came in and she's like, Oh, I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. And she's all frustrated. And I said, you know what? It's okay. Like you are doing other things. And in the meantime, she had done a whole bunch of other things. Mm. And she also had three, she has a set of teenage twins and then a, that were 13 and then a 16 year old that had mental health issues. She's trying to work. Um, she's trying to transition from corporate America to starting her own business. Her husband is not really supporting. Mm -hmm. She's like the main breadwinner. And I was like, you got to give yourself grace. I was like, but let me just tell you, this is what's about to hop off. And these are the signs. So be aware and don't be afraid of, you know, those emotions that are coming up because Mm -hmm. that's look at those, look inward and do the work. And that work might mean, you know, going to therapy, that work might mean letting somebody go, that work might mean you know, setting some boundaries with your children, even though you want to help them, but you got to keep yourself together. And so between all of these things pulling on her, but I just knew I could, she knew that I knew that she knew <laughs> that she was going through. And, and I just, it was a like a little lifeline, even though I didn't do something, anything per se, but just her feeling heard and validated, recognizing this is a process is going to be hard. You can do it. I'm on the other side. I can tell you like all of that just meant a lot. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. made my day as much as it made hers. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of, um, you know, keeping ourselves together, define for us, if you can, what 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 that looks like in terms of self-care. You know, we all have to really embrace this self-care journey to sort of keep it all together. So what does that look like for you um, when it comes to, being a woman and, you know, obviously having all the responsibilities that we, that we have as well. Well, I am all about self-care. I do have my moments of guilt, but I get over them really quickly. Um, And self-care looks for me like getting a massage every other week. Someone comes to my house. Um, It looks like me going to Miraval. Um, If you're not familiar with Miraval, it's just Mm, a beautiful um, little escape uh, resort here. And I just happen to have two of the top Northern American spas 
here in Tucson, Canyon Ranch and Miraval. So, oh, yes. Love it. <laughs> yeah. So I am a, uh, what is it? Uh, authentic Circle member. So I am up in there. And that is my, that is my indulgence. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just rest, really. It's just making sure I'm not doing too much. And um, it's time with my friends, really also keeping those girlfriend connections, mm-hmm. going on girlfriend trips. Um, and, you know, it's just whatever I need, <laughs> whatever yeah. I need. Um, and it, it, it is, Definitely, I did not expect it to be so much on the aesthetic side because before I went into this type of uh, practice, I didn't know where Botox went. I didn't know. I was like, why would anybody do any of this stuff? And now I'm in it and I'm like, girl, <laughs> no, this is, there's so much there. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I talk to my patients a lot about self-care because self-care is, you know, being able to also look in the mirror and like what you see. And if there's some things that you want to just brush up on, it's okay. It's okay. It absolutely. Mean, you know, it doesn't, you know, women are like, oh, I know I'm so vain. I'm like, no, you're not vain. You just, you want to like what you see when you look in the mirror. And, mm-hmm. you know, you that starts with, you know, loving yourself regardless. But sometimes we just want a little something, something, and that's okay. So I'm all about that now. But yeah. Um, before I didn't know. And I really, I, I, I actually judge people like that. I was just like, oh, you know, she's just don't, she's just not happy with herself. Right. Right. They're like, <laughs> no, I'm quite happy with myself. I'm about to be more happy with myself after I do this too. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Giving ourselves permission, right. To do those things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh-huh. as women of color, I will say, you know, working, I mean, in Tucson, my demographic is mostly Hispanic and, um, you know, Caucasian women. So whenever I see a black woman walk in, I'm almost like, oh, okay. Because we don't seem to do that as much for ourselves. Mm. Um, And part of that is, you know, culturally, you know, what we've been exposed to probably, you know, a lot of these people, their mom may have done it. And if our moms definitely weren't doing Botox, most of our moms weren't. I mean, this generation probably now is just getting started. So we're a little behind in the aesthetic area, but um, I'm I'm sadly surprised when I see a, a, a woman of color coming in to do that and they almost seem apologetic about it. And it's mm. just like, oh, that's, it's such a sad narrative. So I'm hoping to change that too. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, what three tips can you give our listeners as we... Um, wrap up this interview, what three tips can you give our listeners on thriving in the face of adversity? Oh, thriving. Well, I think when you're in adversity, you don't feel like you're thriving, period. When you're in adversity, you're just in adversity and you're just trying to get through. So it's easy to say once you're on the other side, like, ooh, I thrive through that. And I, or I, you know, that, that thing shaped me, but you don't know when you're going through. So I think it's always a retrospective um, kind of analysis of, mm-hmm. okay, this happened and now how can I use this thing, you know, to help me or make me better. And so um, that's happened for me. It, it really is just first, first and foremost, getting through that adversity, whatever it takes, you know, counseling, a, a break, 
whatever you need to get through that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having the, you know, the emotional intelligence to be able to turn backwards and then look at that situation for what that, those positive things that you could have gained from it. And then um, finally going forward and then helping somebody else um, because mm. we have these situations, you know, we, we now have a gift that we have, we really have to give. So you have to take that adversity, get through it. You've got to analyze it, figure out what it means for you. And then you have to give it away as a gift um, to help yeah. that other person get through. Cause that's really all we're really here to do. Yeah. I love that. Especially the last one to pay it forward, because I think that when I was putting together, you know, this uh, new season of the podcast, that sort of, I guess, in retrospect, now what I was thinking about, it was telling the stories of women who made it through, right. Who came on the other side and sharing it so that hopefully someone out there would be able to garner some insight or, you know, or have something to hold on to, to use if they're going through something currently, or if they, you know, go through something in the future that they can look back on and say, yeah, I remember her story. And I remember that she said that, you know, this is how she got through it. So thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thank you for for doing it. Well, this has been a great interview. I'm excited. Um, I can't wait for our audience to to hear this interview. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your time, for sharing your stories and for being so vulnerable with us. Um, And as we wrap up, I want to just give you an opportunity to share with our listeners where we can find you or how they can connect with you or anything that you'd like to share with us. Sure. My um, website is um, drariana.com, A-R-I-A-N-N-A. And that's pretty much my link for everything on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the things. Um, And my book, is the menopause myth, as you mentioned, what your mother, doctor, and friends haven't shared with you about life after 35. Um, and that's on Amazon, or you can get it on the website. And yeah, it's a great way to, it's it's a nice primer uh, to menopause, but there are a lot of other wonderful resources out there. But that's the feedback that I've gotten is it, it just really helps uh, women just wrap their mind around the basic steps. And uh, it's, it is my personal journey kind of woven in there as well. Yeah, great. Well, thank you for sharing the information. Um, you know, again, this was a great interview. I would love to have you back on the show again in the future. So please stay connected with us. And yes. uh, thank you once again. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Dr. Lisa. Thank you for listening today and for allowing me to be a part of your career journey. To continue receiving leadership support, I invite you to join our private Facebook group, Building Women Physician Leaders at www.leadingladiesincharge.com. Until next time, take care. If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Highway to Health Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Quinby, provides guidance, quality resources, and inspiration for anyone seeking wellness in mind, body, and spirit. There's an episode that you should check out called The Value of Our Emotions, where Jeremy helps listeners understand the role emotions serve 
and what we can learn about our present state by staying attuned to them. Check out Highway to Health podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.